Hi everyone, um, Reverend Darren here. I'm coming to you from Thomas Street and sending out our CDs so that we can keep engaged with each other through this time. Um, I know these circumstances aren't what we want right now. They're certainly not ideal. I'd rather we were meeting together in the church to worship and to praise God. But we can be thankful to him and to the Lord at this point that we are still able to engage with each other and that we can still worship, that we can still study and look at the word together and lift up our prayers to God. So uh, whether you're listening to this in the morning, the afternoon or the evening, I trust and pray that the Holy Spirit will continue to bless you and empower you and be with you throughout this time. There's just a couple of things to highlight um, in terms of moving forward. Obviously, you know that the government have made the decision to close basically everything down now since the news has moved forward this week, and that includes our churches. Um, I just want to highlight um, a point that you would have received information in a letter about the different things we're planning between now and Easter. Um, and one of those things was about um, the church being open for certain times for prayer in the lead up to Easter. Um, the church this morning and our district superintendent sent us an email this morning given the announcement yesterday on Friday from the Prime Minister. That is no longer possible and so please disregard those dates for the church being open for prayer. It's just not going to be possible for us in these moments to open the church at all. Um, for any sort of worship and we're, we're sorry for that at this moment but we we are going to do our best and we're going to try our best um, to worship God in the different media platforms that we have. I do, if, if you can get access to things like WhatsApp and Facebook, um, we, we are able to keep in contact and even if, you're, if you speak to your children or grandchildren or anyone else, we can try and help as best we can. But I want to thank you all for your responsive help um, over the last few days as well. We've tried our best as a council to put together and put plans in place um, so that we can continue to worship. And as I said at the beginning, I know it's not ideal, but we are trying to ensure that we go on as a church and we don't just stop for the next however long this is going to be. And I ask and pray that we continue to look out for our older people in society, our more vulnerable members of society as well. I just challenge us and say to us all that please listen to the advice of the National Health Service at this time and please observe the social distancing protocols that they have put in place. We, as the people of God and the church, have to challenge ourselves to listen to our government um, and we have to care for people and I know it can be hard to lock ourselves away, to isolate ourselves but this is about saving lives and we have to emphasise that point. So please listen to the advice coming from the government, from the NHS, observe those social distancing protocols so that we can do our part in trying to flatten the curve of this virus spreading in Northern Ireland and indeed throughout the UK as well. Now, that's housekeeping stuff out of the way. We, the point of this CD is to pray, to worship, to hear um, from God's word this morning, this afternoon, this evening, whenever you might be listening to this. So as we begin to worship, let us pray. Loving Heavenly Father, we thank you for the gift of technology. God, we thank you that even though we cannot be together, that we can still worship you. Lord, that your spirit is with us as I record this message for our people and as our people listen to it by CD, by audio, by podcast, whatever it might be. 
Lord, you are speaking to us and you continue to encourage us and inspire us through your holy word. And so God, as we take out this bit of time this morning and to reflect on your word and to hear a message from it, we pray that you would speak to us by the power of the Spirit. God, may you continue to be at work in all of our lives. May we continue to entrust ourselves um, into your hands and to know, God, that through the difficult circumstances that we now find ourselves in, through this time of social distancing and through self-isolation, if we're at that point, whatever stage we're at, God, you're with us. You don't leave us. You don't forsake us. And we can always trust in you to know you are a constant source of hope, a constant source of strength and empowerment for us in our faith. And so, Lord, we do indeed trust you. And we pray that as we hear from your word today, that you would speak to us. And Lord, as I share a message today, may you speak through me and that hearts may be comforted and that disciples may be inspired to serve. And we ask these things in the precious name of Jesus Christ, our Lord. And we join together and wherever you are in saying the Lord's Prayer together. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. So our reading uh, for this week is from the Gospel according to John chapter 13 verses 1 to 17 and it's titled Jesus washes his disciples feet so if you have a bible with you uh, feel free to lift that now and flick to John chapter 13 beginning to read at verse 1. It was just before the Passover festival Jesus knew that the hour had come for him to leave this world and go to the father having loved his own who were in the world he loved them to the end. The evening meal was in progress and the devil had already prompted Judas, the son of Simon Iscariot, to portray Jesus. Jesus knew that the Father had put all things under his power and that he had come from God and was returning to God. So he got up from the meal, took off his outer clothing and wrapped a towel around his waist. After that, he poured water into a basin and began to wash his disciples' feet, drying them with the towel that was wrapped around him. He came to Simon Peter, who said to him, Lord, are you going to wash my feet? Jesus replied, You do not realize now what I am doing, but later you will understand. No, said Peter, you shall never wash my feet. Jesus answered, Unless I wash you, you have no part in me. Then, Lord, Simon Peter replied, Not just my feet, but my hands and my head as well. Jesus answered, Those who have had a bath need only to wash their feet. Their whole body is clean, and you are clean, though not every one of you. For he knew who was going to betray him. And that was why he said that not every one of them was clean. When he had finished washing their feet, he put on his clothes and returned to his place. Do you understand what I have done for you? He asked them. You call me teacher and Lord, and rightly so, for this is what I am. 
Now that I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also should wash one another's feet. I do as I have done for you. Very truly, I tell you, no servant is greater than his master, nor is a messenger greater than the one who sent him. Now that you know these things, you will be blessed if you do them. May the Lord bless this reading from his precious and holy word. I suppose this week I've been watching the news like so many of us. I've been reading different things in newspapers. I've been reading things on social media, some of which are true, other which are extremely far-fetched. And trying to work out in the midst of these things how we, as the people of God, will continue to serve him. Even though we are under strict measures of uh, social distancing, though a lot of places have been closed, though a lot of us are having to ensure that we are kept away from people because um, maybe we're older or maybe we have underlying health conditions. But in all these things, it is important that we listen to those who are giving us guidance and who are inviting us to, uh, to live out our faith in this, in this particular time. And I'm sure at some point in your life, whether you're younger, whether you're older, that you've taken part in a game of Simon Says. Uh, we know that game is a, a children's game. It's a very simple one. The concept being that we follow the actions of Simon. And if he tells us to perform a certain action, we do it. And if he doesn't, you don't. And if you do something that Simon doesn't say, you're right. But in that game, we understand quite simply that we follow the leader, that we listen to the voice of Simon and that we are to listen to his instructions and take them seriously. And if we perform them correctly, well, we might just win um, at this game. And I've been thinking a lot this week about what it means to follow the leader, both in the situation we find ourselves in generally and also in our faith in everyday life. Um, And my mind was cast back to the scripture that I've just read from John chapter 13. Last Sunday night in Epworth Methodist, we had a a letter service and it was a, a lighter service of prayer and praise. But I was drawn towards John 13 halfway through that service. I hadn't planned to share it, but I went for it. Um, and read it and shared briefly but again it has come to my mind again this week and to share a bit more carefully about how this passage can apply to where we find ourselves because in, in all these things we need to follow our political leadership we need to be listening to our government and we need to listen to Uh, what the healthcare workers are saying to us. We have to listen to all our emergency services who are trying their best in very difficult circumstances. But in all these things as well, we have to challenge ourselves to listen to our leader in faith. We have to listen to Jesus and we have to take from his example of what it means to serve in this dark world, in this world that is currently under so much stress and suffering. And this moment in John chapter 13 is one of the most beautiful acts of servant leadership and can speak volumes to us in the current crisis that we are facing as Jesus comes to wash his disciples' feet. So let's take a look at this passage for a few moments. We are, we're so thankful to John, first of all, in this gospel. He gives us such a detailed account of what happened in the upper room as Jesus offers his final challenges, 
his final bits of advice and comfort to his disciples before his crucifixion. If we go from John 13 right through to John 17, we find Jesus giving all sorts of advice and comfort and all these things to the disciples as he knew that his time had now come that he would give his life on the cross. And so as we enter into John chapter 13, we find that Jesus is gathered with his disciples in the upper room for that Passover meal. And as Jesus gathers with his disciples in that upper room, he knew his time had come. He knew that it was his moment to go to the cross, to fulfill all that which God the Father had placed him in this world to do. Jesus was ready for those steps to Calvary. And it's important to note that Jesus was in control of the situation. He knew exactly what was happening. He knew what was to come. And so he got up in the middle of this meal to offer an important lesson to his followers in washing their feet. As Jesus looked around him as they gathered for this meal and him being the most important guest in the room that night, he noticed that his disciples, that none of them had offered to wash the feet as they were supposed to do as they gathered. Why? Because they were too proud. They were too proud to offer that sort of help, that sort of uh, humbleness in the face of what was happening. And so in a most surprising act, Jesus himself gets up off of uh, where he's reclining. He gets the towel, he takes off the garment, he gets ready and he gets down. And he performs the lowliest task for the lowliest person in the room, which is usually a servant. And Jesus begins to wash the feet of his disciples. And this was of course a lesson in humility for the disciples who had previously quarrelled about who was the greatest. Let's not kid ourselves on here that the disciples, those who followed Jesus, they wanted positions of honour. They wanted positions of greatness within this group of followers that he had. And we know that there was a previous episode where there was an argument about who would be seated at the Lord um, in heaven or at the kingdom of God and who would be Um, Who would be the greatest out of all the disciples? And so Jesus wishes to challenge them here in a lesson of humility. But it's also a lesson that set forth the principle, the Christian principle of selfless service that Jesus himself would show on the cross. So Jesus, the night before he himself would give up his life for all of us on the cross, he decided to show those who follow him and those who claim to be followers how they should be humble in their leadership and their servanthood, but also about how they be selfless in that. And so Jesus, as the most important person gathered in the upper room, gets up from his place, takes the form of a servant, as we know that Jesus does on the cross. He washes his disciples' feet and shows them the importance of humility and selflessness in the face of a world That is occupied with their own thoughts and their own greatness. John tells of this foot washing in his gospel. Luke's account of Jesus rebuking the disciples' claim to greatness is on par with it. So whilst John is the only one who includes the foot washing, Luke does allude to this um, and the greatness and the disciples' arguments. And Jesus says something similar along the lines to them in Luke 22, 27, when he says, I am among you as one who serves 
Jesus wants people to understand that he came in this world not to serve or not to be served but to serve to help people and to teach them a lesson about what it truly means to live as a people of God. Jesus puts the challenge in place for his followers to imitate him in this. Not necessarily in foot washing but in humble service to our fellow people. As Jesus says as we move on through this passage when he asked them do you understand what I've done for you? You call me teacher and Lord and rightly so for this is what I am. Now that I your Lord and teacher have washed your feet you also should wash one another's feet. Emphasising the position of teacher which is one who took, people took instruction from but Lord as someone that was more uh, powerful and someone that we certainly would listen to in a high position. Jesus says you likewise should do this. I have set an example now you should do the same. This is what it takes to follow the leader. The leader sets the example and the people aim to do the same thing. So in the midst of what we're talking about this morning, what's this got to do uh, with coronavirus? What's this got to do with COVID-19? I think this morning that that line, that scripture there, I've set an example, now you should do the same, is what points us towards what we should be doing at this time in the world. Because we want to wash the feet of our community. Not physically. And I know that doesn't sit well uh, with everybody. But we want to do it in a way metaphorically. We want to follow the example of Jesus. And how we care for our community at this time. We talked about this a bit last Sunday morning. We want to ensure the needs of others are coming before our own needs. And what Jesus requires of us now as his disciples is radical love, radical grace and a humility. To lay down our own interests. To challenge us to put back some of the toilet roll for someone else. To know that in all these things we can be helping people in various different ways. Whilst doing so safely. But still putting our own interests to the side. And you know even if you're in self-isolation at the minute. And you're a family and there's kids around you. And they're listening right now. Kids I want to say. Remember today is Mother's Day. You can show a servant heart by doing something nice for your mom. Make her a cup of tea. Make her her breakfast. We can no matter even if we're in self-isolation. We can show uh, humility. We can show servant leadership throughout this time. And I also feel it's important to highlight here. uh, And something I'm stretching to pull out of this passage um, this um, today that we're looking at. Um, but we want to talk about what Peter does in this passage. And I say this with love and help in mind. So you, to those listening, please understand this comes from a place of love. But what I want to say is don't be like Peter when someone offers to wash your feet at this time. When someone offers to help you. Peter says, Lord, I want no part of it now. In one sense, Peter means this from a good place, that he doesn't want the Lord doing such a menial task. In another, another way, Peter is telling Jesus what to do. He's dictating to him. And for us, it can be hard to accept help from people. There is a great challenge in being humble enough to accept help at times. But in the next few weeks, if you and or your family are having to self-isolate, 
please don't be afraid to ask me, to ask someone in the church, our church council members, our pastoral visitors, whoever, for help in some way, even if it's just delivering groceries, picking up a prescription, delivering something to the door. We are here for you in this moment. We want to help and we will be glad to do so and we will do it joyfully in the name of Jesus. So please, just call upon us if you need anything in the next few weeks. Don't be a Peter, but follow the example of the leader in helping and also the example in accepting that help when it comes. We need, to, we need Jesus to help in these moments. And Jesus walks with us through these uncertain and difficult times. But we also need the help of our brothers and sisters in Christ. And we want to live in this world as those who are a light shining in the darkness. The church has a a wonderful opportunity right now. It's not one that we necessarily want. But it's certainly one that we can step up to the mark with. To share our lights. To be um, a people who Jesus has called to love and to serve in these moments. The epistle reading from the lectionary this week comes from Ephesians 5. And in verse 8 it reminds us, For once you were darkness, but now in the Lord you are light. Live as children of light. There's our challenge through all this, folks. For once you were darkness, but you are no more. You are now in the Lord you are light. Live as children of light. In Matthew 5.15, Jesus reminds us that when people have a light to shine in their homes or in their communities, we don't put it under a basket because it doesn't make sense. Why shine a light if you want to be in darkness? You place a light in an area where it will have the most desired effect in shining in a dark place. It's no different for us any time in our walk of discipleship, but in this particular moment. This is not the time for us as a church to retreat, to retract, to hide ourselves away, to think that we're getting some time off for the next few months away from the challenges of the church. God has placed us in the areas we are because he wants us to shine brightly through this dark moment for him. And we have an opportunity and a choice to make about how we serve people selflessly. In the midst of what is happening. You once knew what it was like to be in darkness. Before you knew Jesus. You knew what it was to live in darkness. But now you have experienced the warmth of the light and love of God. And what God expects from us is to share that with other people. And as well through this time. Let's share good news stories together. Let's challenge ourselves in that way. There's been too much um, negativity and there's a lot of fake news goes around. And this is a serious situation. But people are stepping up to help in whatever way possible. And so let's share the good news stories. Let's share those stories that we know where communities are stepping up to serve. So I know for a fact that the place... That I go to get my hair cut. Which is just down the road from the church. Red's Barber Shop. I know that for the last uh, 10 days or so. That they haven't been charging uh, senior citizens for haircuts. Instead letting them save that money. To go and get their groceries and shops. Where people have taken uh, the less expensive items. And have left elderly people to have to buy the more expensive items. And so in this world where so many people are living 
um, selfishly and shamelessly in these moments. There are people in this world who are trying to show love and care. And we as Christians are called to be the first ones at the door of those things. To be ready to show that humble leadership, to show that humble servanthood so that we can glorify Jesus. The founder of Methodism, John Wesley, put it into words like this. Do all the good you can, by all the means you can, in all the ways you can, in all the places you can, at all the times you can, to all the people you can, as long as ever you can. If ever there was a call to Methodism from the horse to CD to the web to the church, this is our moment to live as John Wesley called there. To do all the good by all the means and all the ways and all the places and all the times to all the people as long as we can. We follow, we listen to the voice of God and we help people where possible and we accept help where possible as well. A game like Simon says is simple and enjoyable. Following the example of Jesus might require us to feel a bit more uncomfortable in these moments. But that's okay because we know we don't do it on our own strength but his. We know we don't walk into this alone but we go empowered by the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit goes before us, goes with us and goes behind us. My hope and prayer is that we all know the love and support of our church family in this moment. And believe me, we're all praying for each other and trying to support each other as best we can. And so as we step into what is expected to be the most difficult couple of weeks or month of this crisis that we're facing. May we be courageous to reach out, to buy before people, to wash their feet and to help where help is needed. To put our own interests aside, to put our own thoughts aside. And to ask ourselves the question, what would Jesus do here? And to follow in that way. For Jesus says to us that we should do as he has done. I have set an example. Now you should do the same. May we go and do likewise. May we trust in the grace and love of God. And may we walk and be empowered by him each and every day. Let us pray. Father God, we give thanks to you today that you are with us in the midst of this current crisis. Lord, we pray that your spirit will continue to comfort us and strengthen us in the days ahead. And we continue to think about and pray for all those who are on the front line of this current crisis. We particularly pray, God, for those in our NHS, our healthcare workers who are right at the front of what is happening in hospital wards, um, reaching out to patients who are coming in each and every day, trying to put plans in place for if uh, the curve continues to rise of this virus spreading. And we pray, God, that you will continue to bless them, give them strength, God, and give them energy that they need as they're working of long 
arduous shifts in hospitals, Lord, just be with them and strengthen them for this time ahead. And we pray, God, that if we are able to help our healthcare workers in any way, that you would make it plain for us what we can do and that we can reach out to them. And Lord, indeed, we pray for all our emergency services as there will be, there will be greater pressure placed upon our fire service, upon the PSNI at this time. And so, God, we pray a blessing on them. We pray a blessing as well and pray and lift up to you teachers and students whose school years seem, have seemingly been cut short and exams won't be able to be sat. And, Lord, it's so hard when they've put so much work in to this year and their efforts won't be possibly properly reflected when it comes to August and results would have come out. So we pray, Lord, that you would just bless all those young people and that they would get the results they were hoping for. They will get to schools and universities that they had hoped for in September. And we pray, God, again, that each of us would hear the challenge to be servant leaders, that each of us would step up in the midst of this current crisis to serve as you have served, to set an example as you have done, Lord, may we be ready to wash the feet of our community. May we be ready to humble ourselves and to be selfless in the face of all that is happening for the benefit of other people. Lord, you have challenged and called your people to serve, not to be served. And so may we take that seriously in the coming weeks and months. And Lord, we look forward to a time where we will be back together again in Thomas Street as a family of God, praising and worshipping you. But for now... This is our alternative. This is our way of worship. And we thank you for being with us, God. And we ask all of these things in the precious name of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. So, everyone, I thank you for listening this week. And we will be back to you again next week with a message. But I pray now that the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit may be with you all now and forevermore. Amen and God bless.